Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. What's up, everybody? Lucky episode number 13. How you doing, Nick? You ready to talk about insurance today? Should we have skipped this one and just gone to episode 14 like the hotels do? Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to do, but I'm not superstitious. I'm only a little stitious. Uh, you, you, I thought you were setting me up for the punchline, but you kept it for yourself. No, I agree. It's nonsense. How's it going? All right. What about highs and lows? Financial highs and lows. Let's get right to it. My high today is I've had a bad habit the last few years where I splurge around my birthday. I treat myself too much and I blow up my budget and then I have to spend a couple months scrambling. And this year, at least, you know, we're three days after my birthday at this point, and I have not done that yet. A little birthday gift to yourself. And what's the low? I've been spending an absurd amount of money on delivery food. And this this was even after I had sort of set a challenge for myself to not get delivery during the month of August. It was partially successful, but... Nicole went on a trip. I was by myself, so I, I broke my own rules a couple times and got food delivered. And then again, as soon as September 1st hit, I went buck wild because I wasn't limited by the rule I had set for myself. So I'm still working on getting that part of the budget under control. My high is your low, which is that I've been eating out less and... Uh, have now been eating at home a little bit more and not spending so much on delivery and takeout and all that stuff. That's good. Does that mean you're eating well? Or are you, are you well, back to the hash, canned hash brown? <laughs> or canned, canned, canned uh, hash. what is it? Corned beef hash. I don't remember hash. what, the corned beef hash. Yeah, yeah breakfast for dinner. Uh, well, it's a lot. It's still a lot of like frozen <laughs> Trader Joe's stir fries and mm. stuff. Oh, okay. I feel like the Trader... The Trader Joe's frozen foods, I like. I don't even really count as frozen. I guess technically it is, but it feels better than like. Yeah, you put frozen. it in a pan. It feels like you made it. Yeah, it's not the same as throwing like the DiGiorno in the oven or something. Right. Low would be the uh, the rental season is starting to die down for my Airbnb, so not as mm. many bookings coming in. I knew it was going to be a summer. You know, it's a beach house, so I knew it'd be a summer thing. But starting to get fewer bookings going into the fall, so. How does is that like a double whammy? Do you you get less bookings and you also are charging less for the ones you do get? Yes, yeah. So that's why you really got to make it in the summer as much as mm. possible. But it all went into the budget and like I expected it. It's just now coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> one of those. You're like, oh, I I won't be the one this happens to. Yeah, <laughs> and then you realize the rules apply. So all right. Episode 13 is about insurance. Maybe you have some types. Maybe you should have more than you already have. Or you just don't understand the coverage and policies you already do have. So that's what this episode is about. To clear that stuff up. Why should you have insurance? What are the different types? How do you get it if you don't have it? Yeah, totally. And I think it's just sort of one of those things that people overlook or treat as something that they might get eventually. And I also think maybe a lot of people don't realize how cheap a lot of insurance is. Yeah. Um, most people, I think part of that is most people only think of health insurance when they think of insurance and not sort of the other kinds you can and should have. Well, why should you have it? 
Yeah, well, right, right into the why is your emergency fund isn't going to cover everything and it shouldn't be able to. That's what I'm saying. So you can count on certain emergencies coming up, the job loss, you can cover those things. But if you have a very serious or long-lasting medical emergency or if your house is totally wiped out in a flood or, you know, imagine if even your entire neighborhood right is destroyed in a natural disaster or something like that these are these are things where you can't reasonably have the funds to solve those financial problems just laying around you would never be able to spend your money on anything else if you were trying to build up enough money to replace your house if a tornado hit it or something like that so insurance is how you spread that risk everyone pays in a little bit and then if one of those people paying in has something happen to it the money goes to that person solving the issue. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a backup to your emergency fund because there's the potential for emergencies that you just can't save enough to cover. That was a good explanation of how it works. The pools, it's a pool system. Everybody's paying in a little bit, their premium, and we'll get into what that is, but you're paying your piece. Most people do not make claims. Like most of the time, most houses are not getting hit by tornadoes. Or most cars are not getting in accidents. So that money goes towards the few people who do. And if that happens to be you, you collect from other people, not just what you've put in. What are some of the major types? All right. So first up, I'll mention health. And health insurance is the big one that most people, I think, at least think of when talking about insurance. It's definitely the most talked about in the news there's a lot that can be argued about health insurance policy we're not going to get into that too much but it's insurance that covers visits to doctors that could be your main doctor or certain specialists that'll cover your medication so prescription drugs um, likely still have some sort of a copay but cover the cost there and other health related occurrences so if you have an emergency trip to the hospital or need to go to the emergency room need an emergency procedure pretty much things that would happen in a doctor's office or a hospital or are ordered for you to do or prescribed to you by a doctor are all under the umbrella of health insurance so dentists would cover your routine cleanings if you have any cavities getting those filled root canals all of those things if you had to pay out of pocket for those, they're really, really expensive. So it's worth having dental insurance just for that. I think it also can cover like orthodontics, braces. That's thousands and thousands of dollars. So, And staying in that vein, there's also vision insurance. This is similar to dental and that's typically not included with your regular health insurance, but is something that you usually can get through your job. Um, at my last few companies, health was separate and dental and vision were bundled together with the same company. So you might see some arrangement like that. And that'll cover expenses related to eye exams or any corrective lenses, whether that's your glasses or contacts. And sometimes there is some coverage of more expensive corrective procedures. I know at least one company I've been at LASIK? Their vision insurance, yeah, they did. It had some sort of LASIK discount. 
another very big one, car insurance. And in most states, it's required. Like the others that we mentioned aren't legally required. Car insurance is if you want to have a car and drive it on the road legally. So there's a lot that goes into car insurance. We'll we'll get more into like what premiums are, but the amount you pay is decided by a bunch of different things. Your age, your driving record, how many claims you've made before, your credit history actually matters. So there's a lot that goes into car insurance. It also will include the healthcare costs and legal expenses, not just the damage to your car. So within car insurance, there's you know collision, liability, all these different things. Getting into a car accident is very, very expensive if you don't have insurance, the proper coverage. What's what's the basic auto? It's it's just liability insurance, right? That's the one that is, I think, required. Required. Yep. Yeah, which is what covers the damage you've done to someone else's vehicle. Right. I don't right. think, I don't think you're legally required to be able to repair your own car. In yeah, you need to pay scenario. for the other person's, especially if you're at fault. Yeah. And I think, right, the one state that doesn't technically require auto insurance is New Hampshire. New Hampshire, that's and a fun s- fact. You still need to go through a process to prove that you have enough liquid assets to just pay for an accident out of pocket if you damage someone else's car. So they still are doing the legwork to make sure you can rectify the situation if you total someone's car. Um, it just doesn't need to be through insurance. All right, let's keep going with other major types of insurance. How about life insurance? Life insurance is a bit of a downer because it's there to provide for the people that count on you if you die. But it's super important if people are relying on you. I know it's depressing and awful to think about what they would do without you, but it is the responsible thing to consider the financial impact of your untimely demise. So two other big ones are homeowner's insurance and renter's insurance, depending on whether you own your home or you're renting an apartment. Homeowner's insurance is usually required by the bank. They want to make sure that the house is covered uh, if something happens to it. So that usually covers uh, repairs for things like uh, fires, sometimes floods, uh, theft, damage, somebody getting hurt on your property. Homeowner's insurance covers all of that stuff. Renter's insurance is not for the building itself. It's for your things inside the apartment. So that covers damage or theft of your property uh, that you have within your unit. They're covering very similar stuff. The renter's insurance just doesn't cover the property itself. Right. That's your landlord's problem. Exactly. Homeowners covers everything that renters covers plus damage to the actual property itself. If you live in an area with a unique likelihood of certain natural disasters, you might need to get some add-ons for your homeowner's insurance, right? Flooding isn't always included. Tornado isn't always included. Hurricane insurance not always included. So if you're in an area where one of those feels like, you know, a regular occurrence, double check your policy and see if you want to add any coverage like that. Like some of the houses that I've been looking at, if they're near the water, you're required to have flood insurance. So that's like an extra expense to consider 
when you're buying something. You should definitely have that. You've talked about how homeowners insurance is required in a, a lot of situations. In my experience, renter's insurance is has been required yeah. for, I think, every lease I've signed on an apartment. And it's pretty cheap. I mean, I think I pay 15 bucks a month maybe, and that covers both my and my girlfriend's stuff. We have a joint policy there. Um, as a single person, I, I, you know, I think I've paid as low as $7 a month or something for renter's insurance. You don't want to be on the hook for all your stuff if somebody else in the building like leaves their stove on and sets the building on fire, right? And then you lose exactly. all your stuff. All right, let's get into some of like the definitions, the terms around insurance that make this whole thing so confusing. Like copay, for example. Copay. This really comes up in the medical insurances, so health, dental, vision. You often have flat fees associated with certain standard procedures, and that's called your copay. So for your a primary care physician visit for your annual checkup you might have a $20 copay. And so even though the overall cost of the visit is covered by your insurance, you're always going to have a $20 copay. And that means it's a co-payment. Both you and the insurance are paying for this visit. And that can differ between different plans, different insurance companies. You may have a higher, usually have copays for your primary care physician, for specialists, for the emergency room. And, you know, usually seeing a specialist is usually more than seeing your primary doctor in an emergency room has the highest copay. So it's basically a flat fee you pay for certain expenses. And so that's a little different than your premium. The premium is what you're paying into that pool to be a part of the insurance group that you're a part of. The copay is for a specific service that you're getting, an office visit. The premium you pay just to have insurance coverage, whether you use it or not, whether you make so a claim or not. It's basically the monthly fee. Yep. The monthly fee you pay for your insurance is the premium. So you're paying a little bit, and it's not, it's not always a little bit, but you're paying less than what it would cost if something went really wrong and you needed to make a claim and that's getting lumped in with everybody else. And so the insurance company has all of that money in a pool and pays it out whenever there's a claim being made. Now, when you actually make a claim, there's this thing. Can you explain the deductible? So the deductible for any type of insurance is the amount of money you'll have to pay in the event you need to use that insurance, this is how much you will pay out of pocket before the insurance covers whatever it is. So if you have a car insurance policy with a $500 deductible and you get into an accident that costs $2,000 to repair, you need to pay the first $500. That's your deductible. Once your deductible is met, the insurance company will cover the rest of the repair cost. Depending on the policy you have, your premium and deductible can sort of be in balance with one another. The higher your premium is, you're paying more into that pot every month. So your deductible is going to be lower. They're not going to ask as much from you if you make a claim. Or you could have 
a lower premium, not be paying as much every month. But if something does go wrong, you probably have a higher deductible to cover. And that can be an influence, right, on the size of your emergency fund. If you like for for young people who are generally in better health or less prone for accidents and things like this, you should probably have a high deductible, low premium plan. But take into account that you're going to be on the hook for more if something does happen. So have a little more extra money in the emergency fund. You're still building your net worth. You're still increasing the money you have on hand. You're not paying it toward insurance premiums, but you still have a little extra put away to cover a high deductible if something unexpected does happen. Exactly. So here's what we want you to do. Look at your policies. If you already have insurance, some of these policies, we definitely recommend health and dental. Vision, you should get if you have glasses or contacts. Auto is legally required. When would you say life insurance makes sense? My own thoughts on life insurance are that whenever I have dependents, if I have people relying on me to provide for them, I will get life insurance at that point. I think that makes sense. Uh, we we definitely recommend if you're renting somewhere, get renter's insurance. And if you have a house, you probably already have homeowner's insurance because your bank probably made you get it. So that's our soapbox there. But go if you already have policies here, get quotes to see if you can pay less. When's the last time you checked that you're paying as little as you can for these policies? It's very easy to go online, even call your current company and ask if there are any discounts or anything. Because you want to be paying as little premium as possible for as much coverage as possible if something goes wrong. So if it's been more than two years since you've checked your rates for insurance, it's time to check them. Get five quotes. Go get five quotes from five different insurance agencies. Pick the lowest one and then call your current insurance agency and see if they can match the best offer you got. Then you might not even need to switch. It's very easy to switch if you need to, but you might not need yeah, to. Yeah, but that's, you know, at that point, you're getting five different sources as well as the your current insurance agent. And on a two-year cycle, you're staying up with the most recent changes in the industry, newest rates, offers. Maybe there are new companies in the field. It's something that is worth staying on top of, especially because these insurance fees come out of the 50% needs category of your budget. We've talked about how it's the most important part of the budget, and it can be the hardest to cut back on. They're legal obligations, So you're usually locked into a mortgage for a long time. You're locked into your lease for at least a year. Usually it can be tough to find opportunities to shave money from your legal obligations. So getting a cheaper insurance rate is a great way to do that. And just make sure whatever your deductible is, you have ready in your emergency fund to cover it. Uh, There's also a, a lot of times discounts for bundling with the same company. So like, for me, my homeowners and auto insurance are both with Geico, and I get discounts on both of them for having them both with the same company. So go look at you know your Geico, State Farm, Nationwide, Allstate, all of those, 
And like Nick said, get some quotes. You can probably save some money somewhere. All right. Those are the basics on insurance. Thank you all very much for listening. Tune in to next week's episode. If you have any questions about insurance, send them our way. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.